I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. And I have got an important alert from my good friend Wayne. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's an important alert. You know, I don't know. That's our important alert sound. Oh, sound I thought that was Porky Pig for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> so Wayne, I know you're a, you're an Audible user. You know, yes. I, I, uh, I am a member from several years back. I've got lots and lots of titles uh, in my library, and I noticed about a week or so ago that one of the books that I had purchased probably a year and a half, two years ago, was no longer available in my library. And so I went and I you know, looked on their site and yeah, they've got the book, uh, but it wasn't available. And so I sent a note to Audible and they sent me a note back really quickly. And you know, I, I always enjoy the customer service that I've received from Audible. Uh, and they informed me, they said, yeah, you know, the rights changed on that book. And sometimes when that happens, you know, uh, you'll lose your, you'll, you'll lose your, 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 uh, selection. And so they, they gave me a credit. Right. But I found it alarming because I imagine rights change on books all the time. So I went through my library and I found a couple of other discrepancies and they had more to do with the fact that I had, I don't know if you recall this, Paul, but you know, back when we had to merge our comiXology libraries, when Amazon bought it. Yeah had to do the same thing with audible. And so some of that was, was on my old account versus my, you know, Amazon account. But, uh, anyway, I just, I want to alert you to that because you could very easily have, you know, think you've got books in your library that aren't actually there any longer. And it begs the bigger question. I've never experienced this in comiXology, but you know, audible is owned by Amazon as is comiXology. Um, you know, do you, how do you ensure that you continue to own the item whose digital rights you purchased? Um, and you I find that very well. And I mean, it, it almost I almost feel like there needs to be another app that just does a little watchdog on everything that you purchased so that if if something slips out of your ability to download, you can immediately go and seek out customer service. Because the thing that I find really offensive about this is that Audible knew. Yeah, they you didn't get they, notified of it. Yeah, no, they they knew. They absolutely knew. And they know how to contact me. Audible sends me an email every day. Um, and it just and I always read those because, you know, I'm, I'm all about the Audible sales. Um, I, I am uh, I am just mystified that they don't have some automatic process to just, you know, when that licensing changes to to go ahead and point you to the, to the right thing. Um, I, I was, I was very disturbed by that. I mean, I literally went through every single item in my library to make sure it was okay. Well, yeah, I have all of mine downloaded, thankfully, but mm -hmm. I do know of one series that they don't have on there anymore. Uh, but I don't know, like, how did you, did it actually say, like, didn't have the download button anymore? The, the way that I, uh, did it for mine, and I'm sure there's probably a more efficient way to do it is that the icon for it was grayed out in my library. And that's, that's the first thing that, that caught my attention. And the only reason that, that, uh, I, I understood what was going on is it was the expanse, you know, the, the, the series, the expanse. And I was thinking, you know, the new books coming out in, uh, December, I think I'm going to re-listen to the entire series to get, get ready for it. And so I, when I went to go download that first book, I saw that the icon for it was grayed out and I kept trying to hit it. And it said that that selection's no longer available. Oh, like, well, wow. Fuck that selection's no longer available. Well, they've that, got it. They somebody they've got a different 
recording of it, and it's by a different audio publisher. Okay. Because I have all the Expanse books on there. That's how I've listened to them. Right. But I would just go and check it, you know, and, and eyeball that. Like I said, I went through everything I had, and I found other issues. But again, it was it was the uh, merged account issue, and it's all taken care of now. And again, Audible was great through it. But this is just one of those things. I'm like, you guys knew that this happened. You know when these rights change. You know if it's going to cause somebody to lose their book. Either push them to the to the new book or alert them and say, hey, here's a free credit for you. Sorry you lost that. I, I just think that's kind of bullshit. And alert your, your customer that, hey, you might want to download this thing. Because, you know, one of the things you pay for in your Audible subscription is the cloud. You're paying for that digital vault of all you – know, that digital library of all the books you purchased. Um, you know, and one of the things they make really clear to you, when you end your account, you no longer have access to that. So if you shut down your account on Audible, make sure you download all your shit first. Wow. I didn't realize that either because yeah. I've never shut down my account. I've been on Audible since, let's see, uh, 2012. Well, yeah, it's been about 2011 for me. I, so I'm right there with you, Wayne. I, I put my account on suspension at one time. And uh, you know, I said, I still get access to the cloud, though, right? Because I was talking to an actual live agent. And they said, oh, no, you know, the minute you, you go on hold, the minute you terminate your account, you're done uh, getting, the, getting access to those books. Yeah, and <clears throat> it's funny you guys mentioned this because there was an article I read uh, last week about Apple. And this, I mean, it's the same of all digital media, including Comixology or whatever. Unless you download those files, if the rights change or that file becomes no longer available in their, you know, cloud library, it's no longer accessible to you. So, you know, people who have previously bought films from iTunes or music from iTunes that's no longer available or rights changes or whatever, um, those films are deleted from your account unless you've yeah, I, already downloaded them. I think you and I read the same article, Paul, or at least we're around the same story. Because you know, one of the things that is is an issue is if you buy your Apple movie, uh, your movie from the Apple store in region one, and you move overseas, you can't download that movie any longer because you're not in the region one store. Yep. So uh, digital rights, man, I, I think we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, obviously the, the three folks on the podcast today read their comics digitally. So, of course, yeah, it, it's it, it's always been a concern of mine. And it's one of the reasons why when it comes to video games and movies, I still, for the most part, buy the physical media. Yeah. Um, but comics, like I, I buy them digitally. And, you know, with all these streaming services nowadays, you just kind of, you know, they, 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 they're kind of discouraging now physical media. Um you know, with all these streaming services like Apple Music and, and all that. But ultimately, you know, unless you download those files and sometimes even if you do, at some point they may not become available to you. Um, you know, this, that was go ahead. that was always my concern and why I was uh, delayed to jump onto some of the digital stuff is yeah. that whole you don't act you buy it, you pay it, you pay the same price, but you don't actually own it. Yeah, it's I, like I said, you know, that whole Audible thing was was a little alarming to me. And, and you know, I, I have managed over the years that we've been reading our comics digitally to just kind of, you know, push all that 
to the back of my mind. Yeah. Uh, but now it's 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 kind of smacking me in the face this week. So yeah, for comics, it's not much of an issue, at least yet. You, you know, with even with Amazon acquiring Comicsology, hasn't really been an issue. No, I, I, but you know, there is certainly that possibility at some point Comicsology could lose the license on some of the, for some of the things they distribute. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's always a possibility. Just like you see Netflix sort of fracturing, where you know Disney's pulling their content. Uh, you can very well see that at some some later date where Disney says, you know what, we're going to create our own uh, format here. We're going to have our own distribution channel. Yeah. So, sure. I, 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 yeah. And I mean, I think uh, I think the three of us have all gone in pretty hard on digital comics. That is a lot of disk space to mm-hmm. lean on. Yeah, you I know, could ne- I couldn't download all of it. There's no way. It, yeah, I, 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 thousands of comics. I'm, I'm assuming. Uh, you know, I mean, that's just that's a lot of space. And you know, one of the it's not like you're downloading it in a PDF. You're downloading it in the Comicsology proprietary format. So it becomes more problematic because you still got to look at it on their app. Yeah. Big questions. We shouldn't be asking these kinds of questions. Yep. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> listening to. It. Yeah. It's just gonna make me sad. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's one thing you. The Comixology app is for you've got it on your phone, your iPad, your your devices. I don't have it on. There's no app for my computer. I well, as far as I know, browser, I, right? Yeah, just yeah. the website. Yeah. So yeah. where I have the storage that maybe could do it would be on computers, not on these devices. Ah, right. Fair point. Yeah. Well, speaking of digital media. Uh, this is all terrible. This is all terrible, Paul. Well, it's not all terrible. <laughs> there were some CBS All Access updates that that make that a little bit more, a little less painful to pay that that six dollars a month for me. Um, uh-huh. they, you know, we we had previously talked in our Star Trek with Aaron and Pauly show how uh, to to kind of fill the gap of not having Star Trek Discovery until 2019, we were going to get these short treks episodes um so a little bit more information was released this week about those um and some footage as well as a uh, a teaser for something else coming in 2019 a twilight zone reboot hosted by jordan peele uh that will Executive be coming producer jordan peele i believe yeah yeah that's coming to cbs all access in 2019 i i, I think that little twilight zone teaser even though it's just you know uh a mashup between Jordan and uh, Rod Serling, super hot. Oh yeah, super hot. Put me in mind of those old Twilight Zone marathons that you'd see on cable TV back when you were in junior high. Uh, I, I just man, that's super hot. Yeah, I used to be such a big Twilight Zone fan, but it's not enough to make me buy CBS All Access. Well, it's, it wasn't. It's not enough to make uh, Marina Sirtis buy CBS All Access. I read an article this morning that she said, uh, you know, CBS is out of their minds if she thinks she's going to pay uh, to watch Star Trek. <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was pretty hysterical. But you know, the short treks look awfully hot, Paul. They I, do. You know, and I am, I am, uh, I'm jonesing pretty hard for the uh, January debut of season two of Star Trek Discovery, and you know these little uh, webisodes that they're going to put out on on their streaming service uh, are are going to just whet my appetite. Well, and I appreciate that they're focusing on other characters too. Like you know, you're going to get the Tilly episode and the Saru episode, the Mud episode, which I think is going to guest star some Orion Slave Girls. So yay that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one uh, thing that might pull me into the CBS All Access is the uh, 
the Patrick Stewart show when that the started. Picard show, old Picard. Yeah, that I, I'm really interested in that, and that may be enough to tempt me on. I don't, I wouldn't be a regular subscriber, but I would like subscribe once the first season's out, watch the whole season, and then unsubscribe until it comes back. Well, and you know that's the whole issue where CBS is trying to generate some additional Star Trek content to keep the Star Trek watchers on. Yeah, uh, which is which is what I've maintained they should have been doing all along. Yeah, they should have seen that, huh? People can just get buy our service for one month and get and absorb all the content, huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of contrary to their plans, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to it. Well, so. And I know what Paul was looking forward to this week. <laughs> well, Paul wanna... was looking forward to nothing but Bat Dork. Bat Dork. Well, you know, so I think we had talked about Batman Damned a couple of weeks ago because there were previews in, in all of DC's titles, uh, you know, a couple page preview. And I don't think any of us were particularly impressed with it. Um, I don't know that any of us were, were jonesing for Batman Damned uh, from Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. But then I was uh, on the fence. I mean, I was debating on buying it just because of the the background story. And I decided I was going to buy it before this all came out. Okay. Even well, though I'm usually not a Brian Azarella fan. Well, apparently the rest of us didn't buy it until someone said there's a dick in the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a dick. Batman's dick. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it became a must purchase. Well, well, and I'd like to point out, you know, the conversation was, well, you know, if you buy it digitally, you're not going to get to see Bat Dick because, you know, Comixology doesn't have a way to really just screen out adult content uh, for the younger folks. So instead of letting you be free and see Batman's junk, they blurred that out Which or redacted there, it or whatever they did. There is content on Comixology that has, you know, sexual content. There's nudity, although I've no. Yeah. I've never seen penis on any book I've ever gotten, but well, that's because the penis is evil. The penis is evil. Yeah, like in the Anomicon, well, you see it there. Well, yeah, and that's that's what I find interesting is that you know so many other titles do provide uh, you know a, a lot of you know sexually mature content. Uh, it was it was a, and maybe it's because Batman's generally seen as an all ages sort of book, or at least a you know teen friendly sort of book. I've got to imagine it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you could you if you wanted to see Bat Dork, you had to go to a brick and mortar. And you know, I'm I'm strictly of the mind that pff, I'm not going to a comic book shop. But uh, Wayne, Wayne's all about that dick, and uh, <laughs> you know, but Wayne was like, you know what I need? I need some cock. And so he went he went to the comic book shop and got himself a whole big book full of bat junk. Wayne, tell us about it. Is Batman well, a grower or a shower? Well, first of all, it's not a big book full of it. The book is big, but it's only in two panels. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I bought it digitally. It's like, this is censored. Why is this censored? It's like, I don't need to see Batman's cock. And then as the day went on. He bought it twice. You, yeah. As <laughs> the day went on, why? it got closer to lunchtime. That, I got more and cock. more. Yeah, I got more and more annoyed that it was censored. It's like, and so, yeah, at lunch, I went out to a local comic shop and bought it. Now, did you have to buy it behind the counter? No, no, it was out. They had copies behind the counter too, like extra ones. Uh huh. But no, it was out just on the regular books. Now, was it up tall where only you know uh, people of adult height could reach it, or was it in some sort of you know brown paper bag? Nope, not bagged in any way. You could huh. just pick it off the shelf. wasn't particularly wasn't anywhere near the top shelf. 
Huh. There was no age vetting to this book whatsoever. Huh. And wow. artwork-wise, you guys have seen the pictures online, and I sent you guys pictures of Batman's cock. Yeah, I'd like to point out I had to block Wayne this week because he kept sending me pictures of Batman's junk. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredibly easy for them to censor this because they just adjusted the shading a little bit. Yeah. And for the grower shower, obviously Batman is a shower. But I bet he also grows like uh, like a Power Rangers monster because <laughs> he's Batman. <laughs> like a Power Rangers monster. That's the worst. <laughs> uh, so. so I go back to is this just a is this a publicity stunt? Is this a gimmick? And because of how easy it was to blur it out, I kind of go with this is a gimmick. This was something to make sure it hit the news, to show that it was an adult book. It didn't add anything to the book at all. But it's also kind of annoying to always have just the shadows blurring things out because that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Was it, it, it? The whole point is that they're trying to show how they're trying to show Batman in a vulnerable light. I feel like that could have been done without the inclusion of, of, of the bat dork if it. It's not necessary to the book. You you get well, the point without it. If you're if you're trying to show Batman in a vulnerable light, shouldn't it, you know, have been cold and there be some shrinkage? You would think so. Wouldn't that make him, you know, oh my, you know. He's still Batman though. He, the, yeah. he's, he's immune to the cold. Um, the, so, I mean, bottom line, if you're an artist and you're told, okay, you're going to draw Batman's cock, you're not going to draw him tiny because the fans are insane. And they, someone might just kill you for giving Batman a micro penis. Sure. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, having had it removed from the digital, I can tell you, it 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 probably makes no no difference to the book, um, from a from a reading standpoint. And Aaron, did you not buy this book? No. Oh, I bought it no. digitally just to I'm read it. A, I, I'm not a big Lieber Mayo fan. Yeah, me either. Well, I, you know, I'm on the fence about Lieber Mayo. I like his stuff sometimes. Um, but I'll say, bat dork or not, this wasn't. I, I didn't particularly care for this book. Yeah, so I picked it up mostly because this is a. It's related to a Joker story. I'm a big Joker fan. It's Batman and Constantine, so I kind of wanted to see those characters together. Reading through it, the book is intentionally obtuse. Yeah, and it just in some at some moments I questioned, am I reading a Grant Morrison story? <laughs> you know what? It actually does read a lot like a Grant Morrison story. This this book very much feels like one of those '90s graphic novels. You know that that like the oversized hardcover books that you used to get, and it was just like a mature reader's take on Spider Man or Batman or something like that. With you know, instead of word balloons, you have like narration on the page type thing. This mix of prose and comic, and it just felt like one of those. Um, and, and you know it, it's it is a mature reader's title regardless of of bat dork it, it certainly has some mature <laughs> themes to it um but in general like i i don't for six bucks it it felt like they should have just made a a graphic novel instead of a, a three-part series of, of six ish oh my six god it's initial. three parts i believe so yeah Holy it's three shit. parts and the physical book this is a thick book this is a well it is yeah a it's graphic... got batman's cock in it so it's gonna be thick, right <laughs> It's not a like the size of the book is different. <laughs> Back to cock jokes, um, but it is bound different. It is it look it is a graphic novel. 
so I didn't expect that when I went in to buy it. I thought it was going to be because I knew this was a mini series. I thought it was just going to be like a regular comic, and it wasn't. So you know, Batman's got all those toys. Is there a bat cock ring involved? Not that, not in this issue. Perhaps an oh. issue too. Yeah, that part was still shaded out. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned it's a Joker story. Uh, did you guys see the video of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker this week? Yeah. No. I so I, I kind of strongly dislike Joaquin Phoenix's performances. Uh, while I rather enjoyed him as Johnny Cash, uh, everything else I kind of really have not enjoyed. Um, and I have a hard time imagining me liking him as the Joker. And I certainly don't care for the very circus-like appearance of uh, this Joker. Um, I mean, he he does he looks like a a circus, you know, a P.T. Barnum clown yeah. uh, in that makeup, and and hopefully it's just you know early makeup. But ugh, ugh, I did not care for it. You know, I, I have to imagine that they would not release that visual. If it wasn't meant to imply this is the look of the Joker, like you don't want to put out something that's like, oh, it's not the final Joker or, you know, it's it's just a screen test like you that that's that would be poor form given it's a comic book movie. Um, you, you know, I was reading this week that apparently there's no Batman in this movie. Right. And, you know, the the Joker's name is Arthur. And, I, you know, I it, it begs the question for me. Was this originally intended to be a Joker movie, or is it something else that they threw the Joker title on to to bring in the comic <laughs> fans? Because it, it it feels like like I'm sure when the movie comes out they'll be like, oh yeah, it's not set in Gotham City, it's set in Seattle. We wanted to make it real, and I'm gonna be like, there's what is the, why is this movie yeah. called the Joker? Yeah, but you know now that you it mentioned that his, so I his... just watched it to see what he looks like, and no, uh-huh. it doesn't doesn't look like the Joker. If they're giving him the name Arthur and Batman's not going to be in it, then how is this the Joker? Well, you know, I, want, I want Joker's origin tied to Batman. But, you know, suddenly, I mean, with his name being Arthur, I'm suddenly put in mind of what if Dudley Moore had played the Joker? Yes. That would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> I could have been so down for Dudley Moore as the Joker. It gives a whole new, you know, look at the movie Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. Is he alive? No. No, no, we need to dig up uh, Dudley Moore to do that. But, <laughs> I don't, I, don't uh, know. I feel like that would be worse than Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> it's undead Arthur as the Joker. Uh, they could well, digitally remaster him in. Well, you know, we talked a lot about Batman's, uh, you know, down there. Uh, but all the dick you need this week is in Dick Tracy, dead or alive. Uh, I know, Paul, you were seriously looking forward to this book. Yes, I couldn't wait for Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive, even though I'm God not an All Red it. fan. So for the record, that should totally be the show title. Funny books, all the dick you need. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, yeah. I, I know you you were really looking forward to uh, Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive this week from uh, Mike and Laura Alred. Uh, tell me about it. I fucking hated this book. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to be the case. I'm like, I'm reading through it. Because I think we, did we all pick this up? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. I, when I think Dick Tracy, I think Pulp Era. Mm-hmm. I think Dark. I think uh, of his crazy over-the-top villains 
as gang you know leaders but mostly that's what i think is like a dark pulpy book this wasn't that well I, you know well, here's the thing dick tracy has always been this you know it's yes pulpy but bright shiny characters and colors and you know but as soon as i turned that first page i was like oh no <laughs> like i got to the first page of the book and i saw the art and i was like oh oh no yeah. And it's, just, it's very much it's very much aping the original comic strip style, right? Yeah, but not uh, effectively. No, not at all. And no. I mean, it, the I mean, ugh, I'm going to let you go, Paul. But uh, you go, and then I'll come in. It it, it it is just a terrible book. It's poorly written. Um, it's the the art uh, by Rick Rich Tommaso. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's trying to ape that original style, but there's no there's no life to it. There's no you know the the characters are are ill proportioned. It's there's there's no heroism in Tracy in the writing or the art style. There's there's nothing in this book for me to latch onto. You know, for years years I've been saying give give Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips a crack at Dick Tracy, mm-hmm. and they didn't. You know, they 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 instead went with this retro view, which I'm fine with. I love the retro Dick Tracy books. I love those original comic strips. That being said, this didn't have the feel of those. This didn't have the the fun art style. It, it just, it didn't work for me in any way, shape, or form. Nothing about this book worked for me. Um, you know, and, and I... They they have this pseudo essay at the back of the book, and I'm like, oh well, at least there's an essay on on the history of Dick Tracy, and it's so like slipshod. It's like three paragraphs. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like why is everything in this book half assed? <laughs> it's I, Dick I Tracy. Think that, I think that is uh, exactly the way to put it. I mean, it, the it seems like such a halfway effort uh, throughout the book. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I loved the cover. I thought the cover was fantastic. And that was what I was expecting inside the book since uh, the the book is both written and inked by uh, Michael Allred with colors by Laura. Um, but the the artwork by uh, uh, Rich Tommaso is just, you know, it, it's it le- looks less like uh, original Dick Tracy than it does the comic strip Nancy. So the uh, first yeah. thing I thought when I saw the art was like, 60s and 70s Archie. Yeah. yeah. But that was only the first page. Once the Tracy shows up, it's like, nope, that's a that doesn't even fit that art style. Yeah. But you know what? Nancy is a good correlation. The art style is very much like the comic strip Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. I the uh and and the this to your point earlier, it's not even written well. You know, uh Dick Tracy you know, manages to take out all crime in the town and, and it sets up a, a the series of of uh, now there, you know, there's no leadership in the crime and, and Dick Tracy, you know, can now do whatever he needs to do. It's just ugh. it was terrible. It was yeah. just it, terrible. It also starts with one of my most hated tropes because it's too common of first thing you have to do is make him lose his job. Yeah. You know, there's no yeah. status quo. You have to com- have a complete new status quo because it's a new series. I hate that trope. It's so overdone. Well, and you didn't need any of that, and that was one, two, three, four pages of exposition before you get in. You could have started with the big bosses meeting and never had and never have had those previous four pages. You didn't yeah. need those four pages to tell this story. That was just fat on the bone. Yeah, and it's, I, I, it for me, it was also hard to tell if this was a reboot 
if this is because you know it's got big boy in it and but Mm -hmm. you know i i couldn't their interaction didn't let me know if if tracy was familiar with big boy or or if you know this was their first time meeting in the context of this universe i couldn't tell if it was a reboot or what but regardless i i will not be picking up issue two and it's like out of all the times keep in mind dick tracy has been out of other than the comic strips in in a comic book format dick tracy has not been printed since the um warren Beatty movie came out and they had some comic book tie-ins uh to to the movie since then there hasn't been a dick tracy comic book on the stands which is damn near 30 years and this is what we get yeah, and one of the things that I find is was an interesting choice is you know one of the challenges about writing Dick Tracy is Dick Tracy is very much a character of his time. He was created during the Depression, uh, during Prohibition, uh, and those were the types of of villains that he fought. So when they brought this book current, <clears throat> they actually brought it current. You know, there are you know they talk about software engineers, they yeah. talk about you know cell phones. I mean, the the, the technology is current. Dick Tracy still seems out of time. Yeah. Um, yeah and, also, and his villains seem that way as well. Yeah. I mean, he said the technology's current, yet the vehicles are all old style vehicles. And the guns, there's like Tommy guns and things. It's like they mesh the two yeah. together. Which with, I don't mind. I, I got to tell you, I don't mind because I've, like, I don't know if you guys saw that movie Payback with Mel Gibson. Love that movie. I love that movie, and you know, and yeah. it, it, it it's very much that style, right? Like it's modern, but not. And I don't right. mind that, but the art style didn't serve that feel. Right. Um, and if you're going to do that, then it's okay to remodel Dick Tracy a little bit, you know, because the 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 yellow jacket, you know, yellow coat, yellow hat doesn't necessarily work in modern times. Like you can retool things while still paying homage to the original character if you're gonna actually modernize it yeah but they didn't retool the costume it was just and a the thing poorly was, handled uh yeah execution. and like looking through one of the things about dick tracy that's always stood out to me is the basically the supporting cast the villains the all of the people around him and this is a dick tracy that keeps getting bounced out of police departments he doesn't have recurring characters yeah, it, I, I'm I'm sorry that this book didn't turn out as as good as I'd hoped, um, and the fact that I'm just I'm not picking up any more of these issues. It it was bad, and you know I, I I'm hopeful that maybe this is it still does well enough that they get new creative teams, kind of like they did with the Rocketeer. Maybe we'll get Mark Wade and Chris Somney on something. I don't know, but this is not a title that I will continue picking up. Yeah, and yeah, uh, it's just disappointing. Yeah. Well, you know, if you guys haven't gotten enough dick out of this program, <laughs> just, we, we got a little bit more for you because we got Dick Grayson um, still still keeping Batman company post breakup with Catwoman in the pages of Batman number fifty five from Tom King and Tony Daniel, and uh, this is this is um you know there have I don't know if you guys have been keeping up on the the comic news, but they there has been hints of of a big status quo change for Nightwing uh, coming. And uh, this is, I believe, where all that starts. So, Wayne, you picked this. Oh, no, Wayne did not pick this one up. No, I don't read Batman since. Uh, well, spoiler warning on, Nightwing gets shot in the head. And I, I guess his big status quo change is, uh, you know, either dead or, uh, you know, 
uh, you know, hopelessly disabled. <laughs> I, I, I mean, think it's amnesiac. It does kind of look like it, it took the top of his head off. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he'll, he'll be experiencing amnesia. There's a, you know, a redesign of the character coming um, shaved head kind of thing. Uh, scar on the side, at, at least some of the images that I've seen. And I, this is where that seems to happen. Um, so K, you know, th this story follows two beats where KG Beast is, is basically setting up an assassination while Nightwing and Batman are fighting mummies in the streets of Gotham. And then they collide at the end where, uh, you know, on, on the next to last page, you know, Batman and Nightwing are on the, the you know, talking to Commissioner Gordon on the, the rooftops and uh, KG Beast shoots Nightwing in the side of the head and uh, it ends on that cliffhanger. So uh, why would number one, do you think KG Beast was targeting Nightwing? I would think so. I think any idea why I'm assuming if you're we'll going to shoot out. one of the two, I'm going to shoot the one that doesn't have a, a mask on that's probably has Kevlar. Well, and I, I would assume it's probably we'll find out in the next issue, I would think. Mm. I would hope. Interesting. I, uh, I'm kind of I hate to put it in these terms, but I'm kind of done with the, uh, you know, let's get Batman past his uh, sad breakup, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I guess this will do, you know, you know, Nightwing with a head wound will probably get him past uh, Catwoman in, in pretty short order. Fair. You know, I feel <laughs> like every year we have to, we have to have a, a series of issues where we have where Batman has to get over something. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, let's get over the death of Damien. Oh, let's get over the breakup with Catwoman. Oh, let's get over this. You know, it's like, can Batman just go one year without having to get over something? Well, you know, what we've not seen is uh, and I'm sure this is coming at some point. We've not seen the 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 untold story of Batman coping with the cancellation of Firefly. I'm sure that's coming any day now. Any day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this was a fine book. I enjoyed, you know, Nightwing razzing Batman throughout and, you know, trying to lift his spirits. But, you know, we've we we have seen that in these Batman books uh, and I'm 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 ready for it to move on. And it looks like that's what we're about to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the issue w was fine. You know, the the ending is shocking, of course. Um, it's it's hard for me to find shock value in pretty much any book nowadays because well, I mean, temporary. Well, and I mean come on, you're not going to kill off Dick Grayson. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just, I'm like, I, when I saw it, I'm like, huh? Okay. <laughs> and I moved on. There yeah. was no, I was not alarmed by that. I was just like, okay, well, I guess that's the next thing. And I know that is the jaded comic book reader in me. Yeah. Right. Um, it was, it wasn't something that, I mean, literally I typically I'll tweet something or I'll uh, Instagram something that, uh, that alarms me without, you know, sending out spoilers. Uh, this was not one of those things. Yeah, I have to say that's why sometimes I enjoy reading some of the like the indie books more than the mainstream ones, because in that case, when something like that happens, you don't know that they won't kill the character. Yeah. The the jaded view doesn't really kick in when it's uh, when it's not one of the big licensed properties. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I, I think that that somewhere where you can get surprised and the surprises are meaningful are when the. Uh, big companies allow their their talents to do something kind of, you know, continuity adjacent. You know, it's part of the universe, but you're not sure where it fits in, you know. And I think we've seen a lot of that in Miracle Man uh, by Miracle. Tom King. Mr. Miracle. Sorry, I get I get those guys confused. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in the in the pages of, of Miracle Man uh, by Miracle. Tom King. 
Alaska. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in the pages of Mr. Miracle. And I mean, we've seen that issue after issue. And here we are in issue 11. I got to tell you, I love this book, Paul. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the ending was a bit confusing to me. Um, I didn't. Quite... It was supposed to be confusing. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but up until then, I, I, I truly, um, you know, loved this book. I, it is a culmination of a, you know, this is the next to last issue, and and we finally get the confrontation with Darkseid, and it it plays into a lot of things that have been set up throughout the the series. It, it, it rewards your patience for everything that they've set up in the previous ten issues leading up to this, well, and you get to see. The much promised, much talked about vegetable tray. Yes. <laughs> and dark side eating a carrot with, uh, uh, I assume, some ranch dressing is is maybe my favorite thing I've seen in comics this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, they uh, they were they stayed on that moment for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a full page dedicated to dark sides interaction with the vegetable tray. And I got to tell you, I loved it. I, I loved every one of those nine panels. It, 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 you know, it, it sounds ridiculous to say it out loud, but it is <laughs> such a well done book. I, I, I have nothing but adoration for the the stuff that Tom King and Mitch Jarrett's are doing on this book, and and can uh, really just the highest possible recommendation to pick this series up. Well, and then I mean, as as if that wasn't enough whimsy for you in this book, the interaction of dark side with, uh, Barda and Mr. Miracle's son, <laughs> See, I got right this time. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, her Barda handing the, the child over going, remember what mommy said, this is grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that just killed me. It just killed me. And, you know, uh, babies reaching out and grabbing dark side's nose, you know, I'm just it's hysterical watching the interaction between those two. I just I, I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen in the final issue. Um, I, I can't even imagine how this book is going to wrap up. And, and you, you know, talking about risk, you know, and jeopardy, you know, jeopardizing your uh, your characters. There was a moment in this book where I thought we were going to lose a key character. Yeah. I mean, I was like, holy shit, because, I mean, Darkseid is just wailing on him. And, you know, because of the type of book this is, you don't know how this is going to spin out. Um, And so I think that, you know, Tom King does a beautiful job of making you fall in love with these characters. And then when he places them in jeopardy because of the kind of 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 stories that he tells and has been allowed to tell within the continuity, you don't know what impact some of this stuff is going to have. And so, I mean, I clenched up in cert- on certain pages just going, oh, my God, oh, my God, you can't do this. A, a fantastic book. Yeah. I, 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 and, you know, you're right. The ending's confusing, but it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to re- – I don't want to uh, – uh, you know, say anything about the ending of the book other than to say, if you're not reading this thing, you need to go out and buy all 11 issues because this book is fantastic. We said it last year. I think this was our, uh, the, the book of the year for yeah. funny books. Last and likely year. will be again. Yeah. Cause it's fucking amazing. It really is. Yeah. Well, you guys read a Marvel book this week for some reason. Can you believe it? It's <laughs> so- crazy. So in my case, I've read all the miniseries leading up to uh, the return of Wolverine. 
There was uh, four different Hunt of Wolverine miniseries, each one focusing on different characters trying to find the body or find him. And for the most part, all of them were good. Uh, there was one like kind of like a road to book where they uh, Kitty Pride brought back together the leaders of all four of those teams that were out searching. And it brought the pieces together for the people that didn't read all four of the miniseries. And that led into this week's book. So I'm really curious about your take, Aaron, having not read any of the lead up to it, coming in completely, you know, basically completely blind to it. What did you think of the book? Well, I'll tell you, not only did I not read any of the, uh, you know, lead up miniseries coming into the return of Wolverine, I also did not read the death of Wolverine. Uh, it is available on Comixology Unlimited, so I've downloaded it so I can read it before issue two. Uh, and that alone should tell you that I liked it enough to pick up issue two. Um, I was fascinated by the book uh, on a couple of levels. I was fascinated by uh, Steve McNiven's choice of style in this in this book. It seems very Barry Windsor Smithish, you know, from the Weapon X storyline, uh, the original Weapon X storyline, I should say. Um, I liked it rather a lot, but, you know, I think that first issues have kind of a low bar because the idea in a first issue is that you you're painting enough of a story um, to interest people in picking up issue two. You're kind of laying down some groundwork. Here are the problems. Here are the things that we have to that, that we have to solve for. Here are your characters. Do you like them enough to come back? And it did. Uh, you know, I, I I have always liked Wolverine. My problem with Wolverine has always been there are too many damn Wolverine comics, and it's just hard to keep up with him. Yeah. Uh, and but that's my issue with the X Men as well. I mean, I can, I you know, it's not like you can just buy an X Men book because at some point or another they all get wrapped up in some crossover that lasts for eighteen months, and you know, fuck that. Well, and lately there's been the watered down aspect of it. The miniseries took a couple of the other characters that are. Wolverine like yeah and took them off the board yeah well the uh, the uh, this Wolverine book again is is told in sort sort of a a, a really interesting I, I'd even call it a surreal style uh, you know you're you're seeing most of the book from Wolverine's point of view from having just come back from the dead um, you know he he is unaware of who he is or was. Uh, so, you know, he's got this amnesia thing going on. So, you know, shades of what might be coming up for Nightwing, I guess, huh. um, you know, trying trying to understand what all this carnage is around him. Uh, but other people know him and, you know, they know what to expect from him. And then, you know, hey, go kill that thing because that's what you do. Um, you know, he is he is kind of of, uh, you know, we're flashing back into internal um uh, uh, conversations with other characters, and he apparently has this sort of mental palace where you know there are many many cells uh, for him to access, and you know it's the different versions of Wolverine in those cells. Uh, and so you know one of the one of the ones that that we're aware of is the the Wolverine that wears the yellow and blue suit. And, you know, that's the first one he lets out and he's cautioned, you know, be careful because, you know, once you let them out, you know, they'll run crazy on you. Mm -hmm. um, there's one cell that's just a bricked wall with three dots on it uh, that reminds me of Brainiac. <laughs> but, I uh, too. <laughs> but, you know, I, long story short, 
I liked the book enough to pick up issue two. I'm interested. Again, I not read any of the lead up books and I hadn't read the the, the stories that came in which uh, Wolverine was killed. Yeah, so I, I don't know who any of these villains are. This Sotira and Persephone. I don't know who is, any of those people are. So she is new. Persephone was uh, brought in for those miniseries leading up. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, she is – they wanted to create – because I read one of the interviews too. They wanted to create a villain and make it personal for Wolverine. But also they wanted to create a villain where you didn't know what to expect. Mm. So being a new villain, that was one of the ways they did that. Uh to give you an idea about the character in the uh, not the miniseries, but the one issue lead up to this, the X-Men have found out that Wolverine's alive and being used by her as an agent. And she, to make a point, she has Mr. Sinister's database of everyone. And she found, I think it was seven humans that had not they would have been mutants, but they did. They hadn't activated yet, killed them dropped their bodies off on the X-Men's front porch and said, uh, you know, basically, if you come looking for Wolverine, I'm going to keep killing people and you have no way to track them. Well, I, I, I it's an interesting book. I, I, to me, I don't know if you caught this or not, Wayne, and maybe it's just my own imagination, but it seems like uh, uh, Wolverine's facial features for this book are modeled on Sean Penn. He looks so much like Sean Penn in this book to me. Huh. I'd have to go look up Sean Penn to see what he looks like. <laughs> you know how I am with actors. Fair, fair enough. Now, fair I enough. really enjoyed this, too. I've enjoyed The Hunt for Wolverine. I, those were all good stories that this feels like a Wolverine had gotten so far from what people like about him. So the miniseries were reminding you about those aspects that you used to love about Wolverine. Mm-hmm. And the bringing him back is bringing him back to that character that we used to love before he got so watered down or overblown or in 50 different titles. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. was the thing I used to love Wolverine and then I got sick of seeing him. Yeah. And things like this, you know, have really brought me back to remembering why I liked the character. And I think Charles Sewell does a great job uh, writing not just Wolverine, but the other characters around him and hearing the story of the woman talk about why she believes he wears the yellow suit. Yeah, I, I like that I thought a that lot. Was brilliantly told. Uh, I think there's a lot to like about this book. And like I said, you know, I'm in for number two. Yep, I'm definitely on board. I said I've I've read all the miniseries leading up to it. It has reminded me what I liked about the character and. I'm enjoying this quite a bit. So, Paul, what's out next week? Well, there's a lot less dick next week, but (laughs) but it is still a it's actually a pretty big week in comics. Lots of new number one issues. Stranger Things, number one from Dark Horse Comics. I believe that's something that Wayne is looking forward to. The artwork for that book looks really good. It does. Yeah. Um, from IDW, Star Trek versus Transformers comes out, uh, which is the Star Trek, the animated series designs. I got to say, I'm, I'm super intrigued by that one. Not a Transformers guy, but I like their take on it where you're 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 buddying up the uh, animated series for both, uh, you know, for, for you know, Transformers and uh, Star Trek. I, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Yeah, it certainly seems like a fun idea. Um, in addition, we have, we have the first issue of Heroes in Crisis. The uh, the the new Tom King uh, big DC event book. 
we from another another first issue from DC Comics is Justice League Odyssey finally coming out um, from Joshua Williamson and Stepan Sayich, the the new you know space based Justice League title, and Woo-hoo. from Marvel Comics Infinity Wars Iron Hammer. Um, written by Al Ewing, art by Umberto Ramos. This is their kind of their their pseudo amalgam uh, line spinning out of Infinity Wars, uh, com- combining two characters. This week they had Soldier Supreme mixing Captain America and uh, Doctor Strange. I read that this week and it was awesome. I'm gonna pick it. It scratched it, it scratched that amalgam itch. Uh, I. <laughs> thoroughly dug that book and just like you said it feels like amalgam except it's uh mashing up marvel characters as opposed to marvel and dc R- super See, good now i'm super hopeful since uh the dark hawk infinity lead up ended with uh sleepwalker showing up that mm-hmm. we might and sleepwalker telling him that he has to become a sleepwalker and now i'm wondering are we going to get a mashup of sleepwalker and dark hawk sleepwalk dark walker yeah, I think Tim and I would both just like squeal that, like little girls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, in non-first issues, we get new issues of Justice League Dark. Um, we also get a finally a new issue of Doomsday Clock and uh, a book that I had recommended picking up. And if you haven't still recommend picking it up, Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons from IDW and Oni Press. I loved the first issue, and I'm really looking forward to the second. Well, excellent. Well, all that and more next week right here on Funny Books. And if you want to tell us what you think about Bat Dick, give us a call at 972-763-5903. That number, once again, to tell us all your thoughts and feelings about the Bat Dork, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Ideology Madness or Instagram, IOM Geek, or Facebook, IOM Geek. All right, gentlemen, see you next time. Have a good one. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 